Hello, my name is Peter Barron, and on behalf of Sars Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I would like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office, the place where inadvertently discarded items end up to await reconciliation with their traumatised owners, if they're lucky. If unlucky, they'll sit on the shelf for a year, then get flogged at a dump jumble sale, sent to charity, thrown in the bin, and now this new option has arrived. They could turn up to be ridiculed on this podcast. We've all lost items, from trinkets to fortunes, elections, loves, and even perhaps our train of thought. Here in the Lost Property Office, I'll be guiding a guest or two through the items they've lost and hoping to provide solace with some new items. Because this is not just a metaphorical Lost Property Office, it's also a real one. Here on the ground floor of SOAS, the School of Oriental Electrical Studies, I do indeed preside over lost property. Coats, bags, notebooks, endless notebooks. Glasses, watches, wallets, cards, a panoply of USB drives, and then the more bizarre items lost too. I've invited my guests to have a rummage and see what they can find. Who knows, the rightful owner may be listening and can come and pick it up. So let's meet today's intrepid lost properteers. Welcome uh, to my left, uh, Hazel Robinson. Hello. And to my right, Magnus Anderson. Hello. Um, you can try the hello again, Hazel, because I didn't turn you up. Hello. It's a new podcast. It's, it's problems is what can happen. So basically what I'm going to be asking you today is telling me about what you've lost in time and what you've found as well. But first of all, um, to tease later in the show, I believe there's a, a tease, can you describe the items you've picked up downstairs? Just briefly, but we'll go into them a bit more further, but there's a, a book and an item each. Um, I've selected somebody's makeup bag. Mm, nice. Can you describe the bag? Um, well, it's extremely pink, which uh, I did think might be an accidental gift from a great aunt or something, but does seem to go with the content. OK, well, we may come back to that later. You've also got a book as well. Um, and what, what book have you got? Um, I've got a uh, book actually by the Masters of the Universe. Really? Uh, yes. He-Man? Uh, uh, he seems to have changed his name to James Wilsden. OK, I, I just guess it's undercover, like when it was Prince Adam. Yes, um, uh, it's about um, science, politics and the new space race. Well, we'll look forward to talking about that later as well. Um, Magnus, what have, what have you found downstairs? Uh, well, I found... So, uh, how teasing do you want this to be? Um, just give us the name. OK, the, uh, well, the name of the book is uh, Robert Swindle's Jacqueline Hyde. Jacqueline Hyde. Jacqueline Hyde. It looks like it's aimed at children, features a child, and uh, has a, 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 an extraordinarily uh, a, a sort of gothic appearance for, for someone sort of quite so young. I'm, I'm enjoying the thought of it a lot. I okay. don't think I'd enjoy it quite so and, much. And the other item? <laughs> the other item, this is, this is the clue I was going to okay, give. OK, give us a clue. I, I found something in your lost property which I have to put in my mouth. Which I'm quite Lord. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll look forward to that a little bit later. I've also asked my guests to um, rummage through and see if they can find any music. Now, oddly, you'd think, how do people lose music in lost property? Well, often um, USB sticks and so on will have music on them. However, we have the extreme fortune of someone losing an entire huge CD wallet of over 100 CDs full of mixed CDs and so on in Lost Property. So we will be delving through some of those a little bit later. But first, I want to start with you, Hazel. Um, We're in a Lost Property office and you had a little rummage down there. You were quite surprised at some of the uh, um, excessive things that people lost, you know, passports and and bags with everything in. Um, What's the worst thing you've ever lost? Um, For me, I... I haven't ever lost a possession that was so disastrous. Uh, the thing that annoys me most that I've lost is titles of books and songs, um, particularly in the pre-iTunes, pre-YouTube age. Mm. Uh, if you heard a song and uh, perhaps taped it off the radio in order to murder music, um, 
you might have missed the bit where Mark and Lard said what it was. Right, yes. Um, leading to me being tormented for about the last 10 to 12 years by a song which I really liked, but which I reached the end of my cassette tape uh, halfway through it, had to flip it over, probably missed the crucial title line, um, and uh, I've never been able to track it down. Is have it- you applied it to Shazam or something like that? I, I don't know if the tape would still be intact. I mean, as a 12-year-old... Do you, do you remember how the song goes? Because I'm, I'm sure between us... <laughs> yes! Certainly got the expertise. <laughs> I have tried Googling the bits of lyrics I can remember, which um, were, you're the hero in all stories ever been told, a magazine centrefold, and I see you in your worn-out clothes, in your worn-out shoes, in this darkened room, my vision's fine. Uh, and it was a sort of guitar song. That sounds like something by the Pastels to me. Maybe. I don't know. I, <laughs> I kind of wanted to come across like I, I knew what I was talking about there, but I know that that's not necessarily the best way of doing it. Um, so so you're, not, you're not actually somebody who's... You're very good at keeping your own possessions, generally. Uh, no, but I think because I'm not, I'm quite calm about the fact I lose them. Right. Um, uh, I, I mean, I lose some things like my phone about 20 times a day within my own handbag. Right. Uh, to the annoyance of others. <laughs> um, but I've kind of learned to live with the fact that I often don't know where my stuff is. Right. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, it's, it's a, a you're, you're sanguine to the whole thing. You're, you, you've accepted that you're going to lose little things here and there, misplaced them. They're not really lost, they're misplaced more. Yeah, I mean, I panic if I think I really have lost something, mm. which, as I say, is about 20 times a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm weirdly sanguine about large things. Yes. So I lost 200 CDs when I was at university because my landlord's basement flooded. Right. Um, and uh, I sort of let it go. Mm. Yeah, and of course, lucky it's now... It's something that happens in the passage of time. Yeah. Because I just lose things, so... Things aren't permanent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Magnus, um, now we've, I've asked you this question before because we did do a show very similar to this um, as part of Freaky Trigger and the Lollers of Pop. Um, so that was about two years ago. <laughs> In the interim time, have you lost anything? <laughs> I've, um, I can't think of anything. I've, I've, I certainly have lost stuff. I just can't remember what it is. But what, what the example I gave you when you did that first programme was I lost a pair of trousers mm. and it took me a long time to get them back. And I was uh, very pleased when I did, but uh, it, apparently it was extremely common. I lost them on a, on a train and it was one of the more common items to lose. I've noticed actually that historically the things that I have lost most have, have been clothes. And there, there was a habit that my parents uh, had for, for a while of giving me every Christmas a... Uh, a pair of gloves and a hat and uh, I thought this sort of mundane it, it took me a while to work out that in fact they were probably being quite insightful and accurate to work out that between uh, one Christmas and the next I would have lost a, a pair of gloves and a hat and they needed to give me another one and I just sort of th- took this for granted until at some point, it must have been during my 20s I stopped losing them, I, I improved my uh, cognitive ability to, to track them over time. And um, we moved house recently, and I found I'd actually managed to accumulate eight pairs of gloves and eight hats Good over Lord. this time. That's quite a lot. <laughs> yes. So um, and what have you done with these hats and gloves? They, uh, I've sorted them out, and now I've got a, uh, a double bag. One bag has gloves in it, and one bag has hats in it. I, it's kind of a reverse losing of things. Right. <laughs> I guess not finding things. Yeah. That, that is my next question, of course. Uh, Hazel, have you ever found anything of significant value, apart from obviously the things you just found downstairs? Uh, the best thing I found was a small dog. Good luck. <laughs> um, a, a small, what kind of dog? 
Um, it was a, uh, I think it was probably a Cairn Terrier. It mm-hmm. was... Um, for those of us who know nothing about dogs or care nothing about dogs, <laughs> can you describe that for me, uh, They're sort of little, ba- uh, about the size of a Scotty dog or something like that. Right. Um, small, quite chubby, quite ugly <laughs> terriers. They they have a tendency to have, towards having like a squashed nose and okay. eyes pointing different directions. Certainly, if I had it for a few days, the place it and, would have a squashed nose. Um, uh, and I found it when I was uh, on a quite fraught walk. Uh, with some children who right. I was looking after um, and everyone was getting quite tired. The children were supposed to be navigating, mm-hmm. um, not something I would have advocated. Not the way I would plan um, a trip like that, certainly. And uh, after an overnight stay in a wood, things were fraught. Mm. Um, so when we were you, were you planning on staying overnight in the wood? Yes, oh, it, okay, it, well, it was a deliberate stay. You weren't so lost that you got stuck in the wood and it all got a bit Grim Brothers? No, not quite. Um, although, to my pleasure, being a country person, everyone else was kept awake all night by the sound of muntjacks. Um, well, I, I don't want to digress here, but yes, the countryside yes. does scare Have the hell out of me. Have some blood-curdling screens, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all these unnatural noises in the countryside, but not like cars or police cars or just drilling in general. It's, it's just wrong. Um, uh, but yes, we emerge out of some thick and quite sweaty woodland uh, and uh, found this small dog taking itself for a walk down a road. Nice. Um, at which point I picked it up and it bit everyone else who came near it. <laughs> and the dog had no signs or anything like that? Uh, no, it did. I, okay. I phoned its owner and took it to... Uh, so did you think back. the dog was out there to maybe rescue you? Because you know, obviously my, my main interaction with dogs not having ever had, ever had one is via Lassie and the Littlest Hobo and so on. It didn't have a vial of brandy round its neck, so mm. I don't know if there was anything it could have done for it's me, really. lousy dog to me. <laughs> no, no dog I would want to know. Magnus, um, you found anything of late? Uh, yeah, actually, when, when I was moving house, when I was moving out of my flat... Oh, yeah, apart from a bag of gloves and hats because I mean, we've already done that story yeah um, no, I, I found my, my flat had another room which I hadn't noticed before oh 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 <laughs> hold on now I know the flat you're talking about and you lived there for a good uh, 12, 12 years, years. Yeah. yes yes and all of a sudden you discovered there was a room that yeah you... well it's a basement flat right. and uh, it has a couple of cupboards which are on the side which uh, approach the road mm. as you go into the flat like the bin, the, the bin cupboard or yeah that's yeah. right um, and I found that actually there were more on the inside of the flat and that if you opened one of the cupboards I have inside my flat and then unscrew the back of it right. it goes out to an enormous cavernous area and I discovered it 12 years too late to store all of my stuff <laughs> wow <laughs> that really is quite astounding <laughs> but, but luckily there were no dead bodies in there um, and that, well I didn't, didn't stick around to look much actually I, I think you'd notice really, a dead yeah, body yeah I would have it would, it, it would vanish oh well that's that's quite remarkable because you did have quite a lot of stuff one of your issues yes. was you had to constantly <laughs> remove stuff from your flat because it wasn't the largest flat in the world no that's right and that's so I mean on the one hand it was quite frustrating on the other hand you know hey I've got another room yeah well that's good <laughs> well anyway I think we're now it's now time for a little break for music um, I think I'm going to go with Hazel's choice first um, let's have a look at the CD uh, it says on the CD mix for Marcus is that right uh, it says Emea mix CD mog a Maya Mix, sorry, that's right, yes, the other one is Mix and Mugs. A Maya Mix and Mog. Now, your nickname online and so on is uh, Pirate Moggy. Yes. Hence, you felt this call to Affinity with the CD, yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to choose between a number between one and ten and see if we can identify the track. Uh, I'll go with three. Track three, okay. So, here is track three from A Mix for Mog. Officially missing. 
And we can actually find out what it is and play it. Obviously, there'll be an issue if whatever we play has swears in it. There might be editing after the fact. But at the moment, we've been very lucky. And we'll come on to uh, Magnus's track next. Um, but first of all, I want you to go back to your items now. Um, Hazel, you had a... Um, uh, what can I do describe? A makeup bag, bag yes. yes. A, which is covered in roses. Um, yes. Uh, uh, very floral. And you believe, you said during the track there, that you, you can tell a lot about this person from the contents of their makeup bag. Yes, well, I've seen a few US cop shows in my time. Okay. And uh, so I know that people leave trails about themselves in uh, uh, incredibly hint, uh, heavy hinted 
Everything uh, we see. own says something about us. Yes. Um, but also, as it's a makeup bag, it is literally quite easy to tell what somebody looks like okay. um, to a certain extent from it. Uh, they've got straight hair because there's a very flimsy plastic comb in here, right. um, which, if you put it in my hair, would <laughs> not withstand one brush. Yeah. Um, uh, it could be for their eyebrows. Uh, well, it would certainly work on my eyebrows. Um, uh, they're white, um, and I think they're almost certainly Caucasian because the um, skin tone of their foundation is a lot peachier than mine. Um, and uh, so they... they're probably Northern European or American. Right. What, what, um, what, what gives you this uh, information? Uh, the, the foundation being a oh, very okay, peachy sorry. skin colour. Um, could be Australian. Uh, yes, I actually, as I said that, I just think oh, yeah. maybe okay, they're yeah, a tanned yeah. Australian. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually that would possibly be backed up by the fact they've got quite a brownie um, uh, blush. Okay. Um, their blush and their foundation are much more expensive than their other accoutrements, which tells me, uh, probably unsurprisingly given it's a student union, that they're quite young, they're probably a first year. Right. Um uh, they also wear silver bangles. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and they take a lot of time on their nails. Right. Um, there's clippers and scissors and a thing for pushing your cuticles back in here. Um, so I'm guessing they're the kind of person who wants to make sure their nails are good when they're out, but doesn't wear fake nails. Um, You've got some nail varnish there? Uh, yes, there's two colours, a light, uh, a very sort of purpley pink and a... Uh, silvery white i suspect it's a french manicure that they were trying to achieve with them interesting um and possibly a very glittery one um because there's some rough glitter in here that i don't think would work as eyeshadow um i tried putting some of it on my hand and i think it's probably nail glitter okay um there's a cutesy little hair grip so i think they've probably got short hair Mm -hmm. um in addition to it being straight um because Again, if you put that anywhere near my hair, it would just get uh, absorbed into the general mass. Um, and uh, they wear concealer, but they... Sorry, can we, can we do that sound again? Because that was awesome. <laughs> we'll do that sound again. Yeah, that was good. Um, uh, they wear concealer, but it's never been used, mm. their current one. Um, or only used a couple of times. So they used to have spots, but don't yes, anymore. so I suspect maybe they instinctively buy concealer, but have grown out of... Acne. Perhaps, perhaps um, they're bathing in blood or something, and thus that's of your um, general complexion, I believe. Are you saying that this person might be a goth? No, clearly, I, I don't know because I think they might be a goth. I did uh, first um, think it looked too cutesy and floral, but I think they might be either a kind of rockabilly goth um, or something similar to that. Because they've our crack research disagrees. Um, She's shaking her head. But... <laughs> But, um, yeah, uh, no, maybe not. Um, uh, what, whoever they are, actually, they're probably not a goth because their eyeliner is clearly put on on top of their eyeshadow. Right. Um, because the the tip of the pencil is covered in eyeshadow. Um, and their uh, mascara is black, which right. uh, might seem like goths would wear that, but no. Mm, most people, Blue mascara. Yes, quite yes. a lot of people wear black as well. <laughs> um, so from all this, you've, you've had yes. a, a free few minutes looking at it. Can you give me the name, uh, address <laughs> and who they are so I can really not decide to uh, No, that will probably have to go to Trace, I think. I would go, I would go uh, in this situation. DNA testing. Um, from, from my experience of, of managing a lost property office, um, lost property is far easier with people if you put your name in stuff. And I know it mm-hmm. seems really dull to put little name tags in things, but trust me, put your name in stuff. It'll get back to you. So um, what we've decided there is that this belongs to a student. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, it was good to know. Uh, a, a quite feminine student. Quite feminine student. Okay, that's. I think that we can narrow it down a bit. Um, Magnus, your item. My item is. Uh, I'll give you that sound effect. Yes, again. please. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what it is? It's a. Uh, it's an air-powered keyboard. So what I was doing there was blowing down a pipe, which is attached to this keyboard. And uh, I, I. It's. Uh, I guess. I mean, this is nearly as good as fine. In fact, perhaps even better mm. than your album of CDs because this has literally unlimited music in it. When you say literally unlimited music, <laughs> in it, can you play us a tune? Okay. Briefly? I'll, get, okay. I'll do something which maybe nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're all, we're all. It's oh, wonderful. I'm so glad that a person who can actually play a keyboard found this instrument. Um, I believe it actually has got a name. It's, it's a melodica, I believe. Um, uh-huh. it's, it, it does have a name on it as well. Yeah. It has What's the that? name Stag, but that might, of course, be the owner who then mm. went to the care of uh, registering his own name and then putting it on with uh, Life's Tape. <laughs> famous, um, famous melodica players um, uh-huh. would include uh, Damon Albarn, who gets uh-huh. one out whenever he can on a, on a uh, gorilla song. Um, uh, John Peel played one at one point. Did he really? Yeah. Okay, that's good. I, I can't actually think of any others, but there must be loads. Of course, you can use it. You can use it to. Uh, it has a very similar sound to an accordion in some ways because mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, air powered. But um, it's a nice. It's a nice little piece of um, a kit, that isn't it? Nice. I, I, I like it. I mean, I imagine it must be. It must belong to a music undergraduate. Music student, probably. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine um, so. And uh, I'm guessing that they're probably in their final year if they've got sophisticated equipment. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and it's got a nice little handle underneath. I believe as well. Yeah, so you has, can, you I can, guess that's you yes, can carry it. Mean, um, uh, listeners won't be able to see what I'm doing at the moment, uh, but I'm holding it. Yes, for the for the for the one hand play. Well, I think we might get you to play us out a little bit later. Um, but before then, I'm going to uh, crack on with another track. This is going to be from your CD, Marcus, uh-huh. which on your CD I believe is the one that says "Mix for Marcus" on it, mm-hmm. um, which is similar to your name. Yes. Um, so that's good mm-hmm. enough. One letter difference, mm-hmm. or two letter differences, <laughs> but the C is quite similar to a G. Um, have you a, an interesting track numbers? Uh, well, I, I found it even harder than with vinyl to tell what the music was just by looking at it. Mm. So I'm going to go with track seven. Track seven. OK, let's see if I can do that. Uh, oh, no, it's all one long mix of 79 well. minutes long. <laughs> so I'm going to have to start with track one and see what happens. <laughs> the name of the game is Ball Buster. <laughs> It's a family game, fun for children. And for adults, it's exciting. You make strategic offensive and defensive moves. Then try to bust your opponent's balls. It's as easy as checkers. But exacting like pool. You're a ball. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we have to stop there. Um, I do hope this has got auto pause now. I mean, we have no idea what's on these things. We don't play them before we put them on. It's just, it's completely random. Um, that was uh, a, clearly an American advert for a game called Ball Buster, which uh, seems to revel in its uh, innuendos and, and nothing else. I mean, have you ever heard of that before? I, I think it's the start of an album. Yeah. 
I, I've heard that. You before. think you've heard it before? Okay, do you want, yeah. me to, do you want me to go back in and see what happens? Let's see if it hopefully okay. hasn't reset, but. A great new game from Argyle. So, any ideas on this? Uh, sounds like younger person's drum and bass music. It does, doesn't it? it? It's definitely got a sense of the... Uh, it might be London Electricity. Hmm. Well, let's, let's, let's let it play under us for a little bit as we... Uh, yeah, it's a very good bed, isn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. I quite, I quite like it. it. It sounds a little bit like they, they used to this, this round of albums called Plaza back when I, I was young enough to buy this sort of thing. OK, yes. In the, in the first wave of drum and bass. Yes. Um, you were a big Metalheads fan, I, rem- I remember you. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, it, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm of an age now where all music sounds the same and I, I wish they'd get started with a tune. But, um, it, it, you know... It's, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It does seem it to be missing. Sounds like a lifestyle program. Like the, it's, it <laughs> yeah. should be the bed of when they're describing the property in a place in the sun or something. Yes. Mm. No, that, that, that's true. Well, let's use it as a bed to describe our books. Um, <laughs> Hazel, what have you got there? Uh, well, I have. Uh, while the US tries to dominate space, Europe can offer a vision of public space based on the values of openness and peace. Page turner, real page turner. Uh, yes. Uh, well, it's it's the sort of thing I would have been very familiar with when uh, I was a student. Because you did international relations, international yes, politics. Not not uh, here. No, no, not here. But yeah. So so basically, um, it's all it's all about um, space law. Uh, yeah. Well, not space law. There's no law in space, Pete. There's no law um, in space. Could I be the first sheriff of space? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, would, I could ride my ride my trusty space horse. I'll stop now. And... Out there, no one can raise an objection. Well, surely, law would be established through uh, a series of conventions that arise from the the use of prime force. So, if you were the the person with the laser gun in space, then people would do what you did, and that would kind of be the law. Well, you might think that. Actually, it sounds as though there might be another arbitrator of uh, decisions um, and judgments that that could constitute uh, guidance amounting to law Mm -hmm. um, in space. Um, At this uh, randomly opened page, Mm -hmm. uh, I have found that uh, Britain could play a decisive role in tipping the balance towards Mars or Venus. However, on questions of space, as with Euro entry or the Iraq war, Britain suffers from an identity crisis. Unsure if it wants to be Martian or Venus, it hovers somewhere between the two. I think, I think that may be because the men in Britain might be from Mars. The, uh, <laughs> the women in Britain might be from Venus. That's just me, anyway. That's that, well, you know, that looks quite dry, but quite do you, interesting. Do you think you would find it convincing? I realise that's a bit of a speculative question. Uh, what, this book? Yes. Um, well, I think, actually, its purpose is, um, like rather a lot of the books I read when I was at university, to... Uh, describe the fact that nobody has made a decision about something and uh, almost anything could happen. Mm. Uh, yes, I mean, well, that's, that's the nature of debate. Which so, kind so of tends to... to be how it is in any unknown quantity of international... It, it's to sort of blow away a sense of complacency. Yes. Uh, no, not really. I think this one is probably waffle. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, I'm afraid to the authors. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so, so Magnus, uh, tell us more about 
Jacqueline Hyde. Uh, well, I'm getting the impression that Jacqueline Hyde is a spin on uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Really? Yes. And in fact, I think they, they more or less fess it up in the opening paragraph of the book as well. Uh, I'll read it. If Please. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's written in the first person narrative. So I'm guessing you've got to imagine I've got a lady's voice. Okay. okay. Uh, easily done. <laughs> Hi. I'm Jacqueline Hyde, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking two things. One, Jacqueline's a bit of a mouthful. I bet she gets Jackie. And two, that name's familiar somehow. Jacqueline Hyde. It reminds me of something. Well, they actually give the game away. On the, <laughs> really? on the back. Yeah. I think they kind of give the game away in the name of the book. But that might be me. It says, uh, Jacqueline Hyde has always been a good girl. But from uh, the moment she finds the little glass bottle in Grandma's attic, Jacqueline's life changes. Suddenly, she's cheeky and loud. In with the roughest gang at school. Jacqueline. Bad. <gasps> I just remembered there was a television series based on this book. You think? Really? Yeah, I think there was. Mm. I can certainly remember one about a little girl at school who kept turning into a monster. And, and she was called something like Jacqueline Hyde. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. We, we, may, we may send our researcher off to do something on that later uh-huh. for, um, for the website. So you can see um, see if there is any, anything in that. Um, I'm going to wrap up now because we're, we're nearly near, near the end of the show. Um, we're going to get one more bit of music. But before we go, I'd like to ask the big esoteric question of the show. Um, if anyone asks this to Hazel, uh, sorry, Magnus, you can save it for a future appearance. Hey. Uh, he's already <laughs> been angling for. Um, what's lost in society and the world in general that, that you miss the most? Or what, 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 what do you think is the greatest loss thing to humanity? Um, well, I'd, I'd love to have a uh, big, deep angle on this. Uh, but actually, uh, we were discussing this earlier and the thing that sticks in my brain the most of things I could think of uh, was £1.90 pints of old brewery in Sam Smith's pubs. It's it's <laughs> it's not the thing that would change the world the most, but at the same time, I can I I understand... I think it's very meaningful in these, in these times, I mean... Being able to get a pint for less than £2 mm. is... It's you know, like two pound forty five or something. Yeah, yeah. a it's decent, you know, a half decent pint as well for less than two pounds. You know, it, it it just marks that difference. You know, you you know that the moment that's gone, we're never going to get back there again. You know, no, no, because the price is never going to go down. No. I mean, even if we have deflation, beer's not going to go down, is it? So, no. not anything ever goes down with deflation anyway. Properly, <laughs> it's just a sort of strange term. I, I think of beer as the unit by which you judge prices after inflation. You mm. think of the, the the cost of a house in terms of a multiple of units of pints of beer, and then you work out where the house prices have gone up on. <laughs> Oh, and how many pints of beer it would take to fill your house. <laughs> I, I tend to do that more by the actual stated price, because it's a useful unit. And then, but yeah, I can see, I can see in, the real, in, in real terms. Yeah. So yeah. in real terms, we've had massive, our house prices have, have dropped in the last five years, hugely. Oh, well, that's, but you know, I think that's, it, it probably actually is a good metric similar to house prices, because the variance across the UK is probably about the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. Um, whether it's, whether it's, Delineated in the same sort of way, saying I think, but even in Mayfair, you can't get a point before below four pounds. So whether whether it evens things out, I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely something in that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up um, with one more song from um, your CD, Hazel, because yours has separate tracks. <laughs> uh, I mean, if I could find another advert as good as Ball Breaker, sorry, Ball Buster. <laughs> Um, I would, but I, I'm not sure I can I, I can do that. Um, so I'd like to thank you for coming along, um, Hazel Robinson and Magnus Anderson. Um, can I get a track choice from you? 
Uh, could I have track five, please? Track five. And one final question before you go. Do you think you're a loser? Uh, I, I know I'm a loser. Magnus, well, are you a loser? Uh, I, I don't know about that, but I know that Hazel isn't. It's wow. <laughs> very, very nice of you. And here is our final track. And um, if you've got any idea of what this may be, please chip it in on the comments section on freakytrigger.co.uk. This has been Lost Property Office, and I'm Peter Barham. Still quite spicy as the orange flavor, and oh, so nice to do me the favor and lick my icing under the table now. But I gotta leave town, I'm Mr. Nally. Just as scary spice was about to go down on me, but don't ask how, Mr. Nally, and give it the towel, Mr. Nally. I remember, run, I remember, run, run, run. I dreamed I went to Singapore Got bored and robbed a liquor store What for? Nobody knows I only took a couple of Marlboros Oh, that was all they needed And a criminal was soon defeated And now in jail I'm waiting For my punishment of caning But I gotta think fast Mr. Nally, watch your ass Oh, say wake up and laugh Mr. Nally I remember